Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The random episode without JP. Rando Sode. <laughs> Randy Sode. Randy, Randy Sode. Randy Quaid's here. Not really. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, that could be trouble. <laughs> so uh, those that are uh, our faithful listeners will know that JP is at PAX East. Um, Hunting Barry and I um, games right now. Uh, <laughs> this is classic. I think there's actually a couple days picking up for me. He's picking up a couple for me too. I thought it was funny. He's trying to like hard sell me on um, this double pack that was going on that he mentioned last week, anyways, with um, Hover and um, what is the other one that's with it? Mercenaries. Mercenaries. And I'm not really interested in Mercenaries. And he's and I was like, well, I already pre-ordered Hover, and it's twice the price of the pre-order uh but they actually have hover by itself as well so i'm interested in that yeah i pre-ordered hover already so it's kind of like oh man you're selling it at pax east but i already pre-ordered it <laughs> but it's different i think because the red art one is different than i think the one that merged yes yeah but what i'm saying is i pre-ordered the the, the one the u.s one i actually pre-ordered the red art one and contacted them to try and get canceled but i haven't heard back and i hate that i hate that double dipping and mm. granted granted red art is not american so it's not like something i could get truly mad about in that case but yeah. it's still annoying because usually when one of these companies say hey we're doing this game we usually expect it to be exclusive to them and uh that and is, out timely like hopefully yeah somewhat timely something but I mean, like Red Art did that too with Splasher. They did Splasher on PS4 and Switch, and Limited Run had done Splasher on PS4 already. So there, I just got like the Switch version. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is that companies do that, and it's okay. And it's actually one of my news pieces because that I picked out because eventually Barry and I are going to talk about games we've been playing and go over those. But um, and as you see on the title card, there's a game I played recently. But um. <laughs> The thing is, like, with Hover, it's like, okay, cool, well, this was pre-ordered a long time ago on Red Art, um, yeah. to the point where now Merge already has the games in hand before Red Art, Red Art might have them now, but, like, um, before they've shipped them out, which is crazy, and there's another game that actually, that I want to go in on a soapbox about, and that's My Friend Pedro, that I pre-ordered, uh, yes. and I mean, I pre-ordered it from, was it Strictly Limited? That did that? Special Reserve. Special Reserve. And I love Special Reserve's limited editions, but, like, my friend Pedro is sitting at GameStop right now, and I could go get it, like, pick it up, and it's not limited at all. The one from Special Reserve apparently has, like, the latest updates on it. I hope so. It's taking so long. (laughs) Well, no, they stated that they have the games in hand, and they are actually shipping the standard versions, but if you bought the bonus version, they're waiting for the bonus stuff. And most people that I know, myself included, bought the bonus edition because it was like $5 more. You get a giant banana and stuff like that. So yeah. we just got it. And it, I think I think just waiting on the giant bananas. So they are shipping the regular version. So if that's all you pre-ordered, um, those should be shipped out already to you. But if you know you got the other one for five dollars more, we're stuck waiting. Which is absolutely what I did, and of course I would. Um, and so, but that's that's the thing though is like, man, I could already be playing the game, and this and my friend Pedro is like a crazy game that's going to be extremely fun to play. We definitely should make it a playcast game in the future. Um, 
doesn't have to be anywhere near new soon, but we need to play it because it's just going to be a blast to play. Um, but like it does look, good. but like again, you're you're double dipping across multiple publishers, um, not re- not limited. Like, well, <sighs> that's that's. I mean, they did the same thing with Metal Wolf Chaos, where mm-hmm. they had their version and GameStop had um, their version, um, but they're both from Special Reserve. Like, if you get the GameStop. And you turn it over. Special Reserve is still there. Yeah. It's ju- it's kind of like a limited run game at Best Buy, um, with a different cover. That's really what it is. It, with the exception of my friend Pedro, again, the the one that they have because it's it's held back a little bit, has all the bonus stuff on it. Um, so in that case, it's it's the definitive version. You just have to wait for it. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't. I obviously I didn't buy the the one at GameStop, and I didn't actually open the case, but there may not even be printing on the inside of the case on the GameStop one. I haven't opened my... I got it at Best Buy. It's not a GameStop. Speaking of Best Buy, like, there's not really a convenient one from where I'm at in Georgia, um, but we actually went there today because Barry and I are recording in, like, the evening on a Saturday this week, but, um, like, I went to Best Buy, and I haven't been there in a while, and I'm like, man, there's so many limited run games there. There's a (laughs) lot. Like, I didn't even realize. Like, you go to a Target or a Walmart or even a GameStop. And it's pretty slim pickings when you go compared to what we talk about here on the Playcast. And I'm like, well, what did y'all get in? Like, like there's nothing here. And I go to Best Buy and it's like, Switch Shangri-La. There's yeah, like tons. So it's so cool. But it's like, man, it's like, I still haven't gotten Travis Strikes Back. And I'm like, now it's down to 30 bucks. I'm like, ooh. But I'm not going to play it because I got a backlog and I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven and other games for the cast. And I'm like, ooh, uh, let me wait still. But there's so many games. That that one I played already, the Travis Strikes. Nice. Back. And I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely different. You, you can't go into it thinking it's No More Heroes 3. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tracking that. I just love the, the world that that's in and the over-the-top humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, it does get repetitive, I will warn you, but it does have a really cool ending payoff, and like, it does get pretty crazy. That's cool, though. Yeah, I, I can't wait for, for stuff like that. It's just like, there's so much coolness out there. Um, I didn't actually write it in my, my notes, because usually I try to keep, like, a for, for listeners, I try to keep, like, a notepad for notes um, for, the, for the cast, but something that went up for pre-order... The other day, JP, I don't even think posted it because it's not a game. Um, but the vinyl release of Time Spinner went up. No, oh, I'm sure you grabbed that. Oh, of course, and it was super affordable too. Um, super cool though that they did that. I contacted um, Jeff Ball, who's the you know the creator of it, and he's like, man, it took him like a year to prep that release. <laughs> like it took him a year, and it's it's available on the Yeti. Like, the guys who do the t-shirts, the Yeti, um, yeah. yeah, they're doing the vinyl release, and I'm like, of course I'm going to buy that, because that was my 2019 game of the year, and the music's <laughs> amazing. I we, I interviewed Jeff Ball, like, a few years ago, um, just based off of his Tiny Barbarian soundtrack, um, and, like, he did Time Spinner as well, and it's just like, both of those games are two of my favorite games on the Switch, so, and the music has a lot to do with it. So getting it on vinyl is just awesome. Freaking pre-orders. <laughs> so many pre-orders. Yeah. I didn't even get in a whole lot of games this week. Like, I mean, Mega Man ZX and Zero Collection came out, the, the Legacy Collection. So obviously I picked that up. And now, 
because of the cast, I have the damn box set, and I don't know if I want to buy the Japanese version just to match it all. Like, damn it. Nah, I, I know some people that did that. I'm I'm not bothering. Like I said, I, I took out the two exclusive games. They were pretty much exclusive games, the ones we didn't get here in America physically, and Ryan. I have custom covers over them. Like, I opened them up, put custom covers in front of the Japanese, <laughs> and put them on my shelf. So I have all American covers now, and I took the remaining uh, ones for the box set with the rest of the box set, and I have it in a box of extra Switch goodies that don't fit on the shelf um, mm-hmm. to keep uniformity. So... I'm not going to get the Japanese version, but of, of course I got the American. So now with the custom covers, do you just print them yourself or do you have a guy? No, uh, I, as a, a woman on Etsy I use, and uh, I've used her quite a bit. She she does really cool covers, and there's been some games that I've gotten in that, that I couldn't find English covers for, and I actually contacted her, and she made them for me. Oh. Uh, and I've, obviously she put them on her store afterwards, um, but... Yeah, they they come really high quality. Um, it's kind of tight to get them in there, but they look really nice. And I keep the Japanese ones underneath. So if I ever want to, you know, make it a little more authentic kind of deal, the Japanese cover still there. And and a lot of times the Japanese has like uh, internal art. So even when you open it up, you still see that internal art in there from oh, the Japanese. See, yeah, that would be why. Because I was thinking, I was like, man, I just take the cover out. But no, the internal art makes sense. Um, I'm going to ask for you to share that with me, and if um, we want to, we can share her Etsy store with the listeners. If anybody's interested, you can hit us up, too. Um, but I would absolutely be interested, because I have I Am Setsuna in Japanese, and I don't really want to double dip. Um, yeah, that, that one I got originally with the English cover, but it's I Am Setsuna and uh, Choco- Final Fantasy Chocobo uh, Dungeon. Both of those, well, even like the Asian English... Um, Oninaki is like this too it's Asian English on the outside with the English cover but on the inside it's actually the Japanese game so the label on the game for all three of those is the Japanese logo which kind of like uh, you know it's just it's just an English cover official English cover but an English cover yeah so like I might use her though for the the couple games I have that are Japanese because I would be interested in, in doing that just so that it's all uniform I don't really. It doesn't bother me that the um, UK games are centered instead of being at the top of the case. That doesn't bother me at all. No, I, I don't care about that. But the the Japanese ones, just looking at the spines, it's tough. I always got to pull them out for, and I'm like, oh, that's I am Setsuna, like every well, time. Exactly, and that's the reason I did this. This is just for my personal collection. This is not like, oh my god, yeah. you know, by opening them you ruin it. I don't care. This is my personal collection. So I yeah. got any anything that's. Japanese in the spine that does not have any English whatsoever um, I absolutely will go ahead and get a custom cover and I will put that custom cover um, over it so it has the nice English spine and with that English spine it, it just looks uniformity and even like the European even though it kind of you know it's centered it's still in English so I don't care so here's an interesting one for alphabetizing um I am Setsuna. Where do you put it? Do you put it at I? Do you put it at M? Or do you put it at Setsuna? Because usually when I'm A's and thes don't count when I'm alphabetizing. So, A's and thes do not count uh, for the most part. I, I like a uh, like whole world that have an A. I am should probably go in I. I. I am Setsuna. I, I absolutely put it under I. Currently I have it in A and it's just that's where I keep messing with my brain. I, I need to move it over because I'm like it bothers me. Uh, I am Satsuna, I have under I. But, like, again, a whole new world I have under A. You have a whole new world under A? 
because it's a whole new world. The is the only thing I don't count. So I like count a Nightmare on Elm Street, though, I always put it under N for Nightmare. And see, that's fine too. Everyone has their own little things. Uh, and, I know some people. And who that's how the ROMs are named. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's so annoying. Well, like my one buddy would do that with the, and he'd be like, but it's the doors. It's not doors. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not wrong, but it's every MP3. And it's just like with the ROMs, Nightmare on Elm Street is a, is Nightmare on Elm Street, not a Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street, comma A. Um, so. But he's like, it's the doors. But everything you see is it's doors, comma the. So yeah. it's like it's tough. Yeah, it's same with like, uh, like Zelda. You know, I put under L for Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. even though it's the Legend of Zelda. Um, I think that's that's commonplace. And ev- again, everybody has their own well, uh, way of of displaying and alphabetizing. You know, like I know some people who have like all their retail releases alphabetical and then all their limited runs separately and then all their like their super rare separately and then all their, you know, special reserve or play Asia, like they have them grouped and numbered and all that. I don't do that. I keep them all alphabetical. I mix them up because if I want to play a game, if yeah, if I want to play a game, I don't want to be who put that out again. Like, no, I just I'm going to go to the that letter and I'm going to find it. So, like, the one that really is annoying is on the NES is Legend of Zelda because Zelda 2 is... That's under Z. But on the spine, it's The Adventure of Link. Link. And it's just The Adventure of Link. So, it's like, is it under A? I have it under A where it's side spine displayed, but if I do it frontwards, it's Zelda 2 on the front. The official name of the game is actually Zelda Zelda 2. Exactly. So, I put it under Z. Um, and I, I would love it if they re-released it with a proper logo and actually said, like, The Legend of Zelda and The, the Adventure of Link as a subtitle, like, made it look really nice. Kind of like, you know, Star Wars and Star Wars A New Hope, you know, yeah. kind of deal. You know what the worst is, though, from my alphabetizing, and it's damn double dipping that I want to avoid, is I made the mistake of getting the limited edition or the special edition of Atlanta, at, at, not Atlanta, um, Aladdin Lion oh. King. And because it's a, I got the Genesis one, it didn't come with a case. And because it didn't come with a case, it's bigger. So I don't want to just put it in the middle of the collection. And I have no no case to put in with the games. Because all the special editions, I pull the case out and put it alphabetized with my games. And then I have certain subsects, like you were mentioning. Like I have my PlayAsia boxes for the LEs. Minus Panty Party, because I'm not buying that. Um, (laughs) But... Every, but, like, I can't do that for that game. So that's the one Switch game that's out there that's, like, a dangling thing. But it's at the very beginning because I don't want hey. it, like, in the middle. But well, it's, I, I have that under, I think, D. Because I think it's, like, Disney's classic. Yeah. Aladdin. Yeah, it is. It is listed. Is it listed like that on the spine? Cause, yeah, I believe on the, the spine. On, so on the spine of the Genesis, it I don't see the Disney's classic unless it's a tiny logo. It's just Aladdin and Lion King. <laughs> so it's even worse. Like they can't oh, even yeah. get the naming conventions right. Yeah, on. the the on the spine of that game, like the standard spine here, it is called Disney Classic Games: Aladdin and the Lion King. <laughs> I love when they fill up the entire spine with the text too. Like, I'm gonna definitely do that on the Switch book. Like, just fill up the whole spine. Crazy. <laughs> See, like I do the same thing as you though. I take the the games out of the collector's edition and try to keep it as, as uniform as possible with steel books. Um, and like even, even my play Asia, 
um, those limited editions. I got all the limited editions. I've been selling them with the exception of like uh, RXN because it came with the Steelbook and and uh, the Ghost Blade came with the Steelbook. Like once I came with the Steelbook, mm-hmm. I'm opening those up and I'm keeping the box. But the rest of it, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of just moving. I'm just moving on and just I want to try to keep it as uniform as possible. Yeah, you know, stuff like Flash Ghost Blade. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that, that's a good game, and and it also you know it comes with Steelbook. So, well, I mean, I have Ghostblade on the Dreamcast when it came yeah. out. Like, I just don't have it for the Switch yet. I don't know why. I have every other version. I have the PS4 version. Yeah, well, the PlayAsia has the Switch version. It's it's out. It's been it's been shipped. So, you, if they still have any left, you can order it. I thought I pre-ordered it. That's weird. Maybe they just haven't shipped it yet, or they shipped it to my old address and it's working its way around the world right now. <laughs> oh my yeah there's some stuff that's been shipped i know limited run games has been shipping their blind boxes finally uh that those i didn't get any of but well you I, buy everything as it comes out so yeah i ended up doing the vita version and everybody's posting so i'm so disappointed blah blah, blah it's a blind box like you <laughs> you're gonna get what they have left over um i ended up getting mutant mud super challenge for the vita so not horrible um see the, it's the second I've, version of the regular game. I sold my Mutant Muds for the PS4, but I didn't have it for the beta, so... Eh. <laughs> See, the um, the blind boxes, the biggest criticism I've seen with the blind boxes, and I 100% agree, and for anybody listening that, that the situation happened for, I am sorry. People who got the Switch blind box, and they opened it up, and Jumanji was there. Oh, I saw that. Game- that is at retail and limited run only sold the collector's edition of that that should not be in blind boxes that is a retail release that is honestly a slap in the face to anyone who ordered that and i'm so sorry if someone listening got that that is that is wrong yeah i don't know why they did that it would be the same thing with those skin power rangers like i know they sold the let the regular edition of power rangers on their site but still it's still at retail no no it's only retail at best buy it's a uh, the the um that's the limited run cover. Oh, okay. So at least it's limited somewhat then. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Th- that was that was their release. That was absolutely their release. And I don't even mind like the distributed games if it was only distributed at limited run. Um, that's fine too, to a lesser degree. But in the case of Jumanji, they only sold the collector's edition, and Jumanji was available retail everywhere: Amazon, GameStop, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, etc. And that is just a wow. Like, <laughs> that is a slap in the face. I'm sorry. that if, if Doug and Josh actually listened to us, you know, that that was a that was a bad move. I know you bad probably form. have some extra and you want to get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> but still I, I bad form. Yeah, bad form. I mean, I, I would bring them to a con and sell them <laughs> there or yeah, something. Yeah, put them at the con, put them on the table, but don't put them in the blind box. Because if somebody sees it and they want it, then cool. Like... Here's the thing. What now? Speaking of limited on games, what are your thoughts on the Sega CD releases that they're putting out in jewel cases? That's a slippery you know, slope. It's a slippery slope. It's it's like the Star Wars stuff, and and I I can't fault them because they got this you know the rights to do this from Lucasfilm, Lucasarts, yeah. and and that, that is awesome. But at the same time. They are officially licensed reproductions, and that's all they are. And mm-hmm. I did not touch them. And, and in the case of Rebel Assault, it's actually cheaper to buy the original, much like it was cheaper to buy the original NES Star Wars than it was to buy the limited run repro. Um, and it's just one of those things where 
I get that they had the opportunity and they ran with it, and I don't fault them for that. When they first announced that at E3, like all the Star Wars stuff, I was super hyped because I thought they were going to bring them to it in a collection to the Switch and the PS4. And I'm like, Me that too. is awesome. That is awesome. I am all for that. And then when I found out what they were doing, I was angry. And while granted, I did purchase um, Star Wars Bounty Hunter and Star Wars Racer Revenge because they released those on the PS4. And to me, that's fine. That is what I was looking for. Like, those games re-released on the newer systems. Yes. But those were the only two. Everything else was a repro. And I wanted them all like those two. And and I really hope that they get those licenses back and just say, you know what? We're going to put them all in a collection. And we're going to make a custom collection for the Switch. And make a custom collection for the PS4. Um, that would be awesome. And I think that... I mean, that's kind of like Turok, what they do with Turok. They put them on yeah. the Switch. That's cool. I like that. Absolutely. But, like, the actual cartridges that are commercially available. I mean, now here's the thing. Don't I don't fault them. I like that they're licensing them. And there is a market for it. There's a niche market. Uh, some of them are just because they want everything limited around games. Um, but on the other side, some people just like having new reproductions. Especially, and now on my side, where I understand it, with BitRot. Um, that'll give these another 20 years longevity over the originals, which is nice. Um, and I'm assuming they're not doing burn games. I'm assuming these are press CDs. Um, yeah. So it's legit CD but production. But they're CDRs, though, too. You have to remember these aren't like DVDs or anything. The Sega CD was just CDs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it gives it a little bit more longevity and it's better quality, so there might not even be any bit right on these. Um, maybe. Um, but what I wish they would have done is taken and gotten the licenses for games that weren't available in the U.S. for the Sega CD and gave them a Sega CD run. So they were only available in the other cases, and now we got the full U.S. case release. I wish they would do that. 100%. That would like, be that really case, cool. That that case, I don't. I mean, people might still complain, but at that point... Oh, yeah. It's at least it's something that you can't actually buy and can't buy for cheaper, and and that's that's just uh, that so it's is. just to me like I want to be able to have an argument with a release that they're doing and say now is this part of a licensed set because like these ones are just reproductions because the originals are available but if they like got the license from Capcom and put out Mega Man Wily Wars for the Sega Genesis officially in the U.S. Now we're talking, all right, so is this an aftermarket 2020 release of Mega Man The Wily Wars? Um, or is it just a, and, and does it fit into an aftermarket category? Is it part of a licensed collection? Because Capcom licensed it. Kind of like when you're talking, when Capcom licensed those other reproductions in the past. Those ones, oh, the, again, I didn't touch those. I am 8-bit, I think, had those. It was like $100, Street Fighter 2, and Mega Man X, and all that. And, <laughs> and those were done by, the reproductions were done by Retrotainment, who's... Um, who just released Haunted Halloween 86 with Mega Cat Studios. So, like, there's a bunch of reproduction companies that are moving past and going toward the Switch, but they're also involved with licensing things, which licensing it is awesome. It's not just a, a lowly, you know, reproduction that somebody's bootlegging. It's But it's still a reproduction of the original because it's not made in the same facilities and... You know, some of it's done by hand or whatever. Like, it's not quite the same. Um, 
It was funny. I saw somebody with a limited run game Sega CD ones. They posted a picture and circled all the times limited run games was branded on it. Yeah. Um, but they were literally just replacing the Sega stuff. Like I get what mm-hmm. they were doing, but like somebody's just saying, like, "Oh my god, there's like five instances just on the spine and on the uh, front. Who wants to bet how many times they do it on the back?" And I'm like, I was thinking, just look on the back of the licensed one and how many times it says Sega. It's going to say limited run games. Like. I, I don't think that's as big of a deal. I mean, that's Mm-mm. that's that's grasping at straws at that point. No. But the whole, yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's a slippery slope. And, sure. and where do they go from here? I mean, if this is successful, and and they did make a post how they're getting a bunch of games from from developers that the most people are going to say, well, what? That, that's too big for limited run, but limited runs getting it. And I'm happy for that. I'm super excited to see. But if it's more of, guess what? We've got Nintendo and what we're doing is we're licensing and now you could buy Super Mario Brothers 1 again on the NES for 40 bucks. Isn't that great? Like, no, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, like <sighs> what they should be doing is they should be focusing on the current platforms um, or, or even stuff like PS3 uh, or Wii U, and they want to release digital-only stuff that was only on the you know, PS3, Wii U era, and, and release those physically, I'd be fine with that, too. Uh, stuff that you can't get physically, but anything you could already buy physically is not what they originally created the company to do. It is It goes against what they formed the company for. Yeah, and digital that's preservation. Just, yeah, it's not digital preservation when the game already exists in the physical format. Yeah, I mean, they just need to... Stick with the motto, like, I mean, again, don't fault them, and they're still selling them, and it's really cool, and I do know that Josh is, like, heavily collecting Sega CD right now and GameCube, I think, so I saw him posting that online, so. He he and I are going after the same market. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, he was hitting me up when I mentioned I was interested in getting rid of some Sega CD stuff, and he was freaking out, (laughs) but it was like. That's the thing, though, is that going to that route, though, it's like, that's not for me, for sure. That's just the only thing I can say. Fin- you know, Financially, I'm going to be sticking with the stuff I'm interested in, and that's not an, of interest to me because I can already get it. If I want to start going for a full set, I'm going to go for the original. Um, but it would just be like going to Etsy, like you mentioned before, and just getting a bunch of NES reproductions for, and saying well, that's my that's collection. That's just it. I think it was... Um... Rebel was it Rebel Monkey Island? I think Monkey Island had on Etsy. Someone was selling, you know, repro, not officially licensed, but a repro from Etsy for like thirteen bucks or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. Um, if you just want, if you just want a repro of these games, there are ways to get it. Um, yeah. If you just want to play it, and this is just, I don't know. I again, I understand. I, I can't fault them because I probably would do the same if Lucas Arts came to us and said, "Hey, will you um, do this?" You know, would you want to do this and and do these reproductions? And we'll give you these two games for PS4. Along with yeah. Star Wars that you're looking to get. And, and Star Wars is one of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, now, if they, if they took, like, classic LucasArts PC games and brought them to, like, the Switch. Like, hey, we're going to bring, like, a Maniac Mansion Day of the Tentacle combo cart for the Switch. I would be all over that the original sam and max yeah all over that you know and even if they wanted to bring the monkey island games to switch on physical cart again all over that that would be amazing absolutely amazing um hell even bringing these two games over to the switch i'd be all over it yeah or any of the any of the games they've already done 
Even even if they'd brought Racer Revenge and Bounty Hunter, the two that actually got PS4 releases on the Switch, I'd be happy for that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I love playing on the system of choice, and it also gives it longevity on a different system. So it's part of a different eco structure, ecosystem, eco structure. I'm gonna make up my own words today, Barry. Um, it's different. <laughs> it's part of a different console ecosystem, right? So it's not taking away messing with the market on the Sega CD. It's part of the Switch now, and it's something that we can now add to the ambiance that at least my favorite system, and your favorite system, JP's yeah. favorite system is. <laughs> like... <laughs> JP's obsessive system because he's getting rid of all his other games just for the Switch. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I mean, I'm honestly, like, I... And this it's my favorite system now for sure. Um I wouldn't I don't know about like of all time, but currently it's my favorite system. Currently, yeah. Yeah. And I it's, mean and it's grown library. It's just because when you think of total library, like I have a lot of nostalgia for NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Game Boy. Like I have a lot of nostalgia for all those systems. But the Switch right now just has the best of all worlds. You have all different generations. We get games coming back, like franchises coming back, um, getting new life. You have indie developers that are making spiritual successors to other games, like The Messenger with the Ninja Gaiden style and Shinobi and like going in between different dimensions. Like It's insane, man. And it's just definitely way out there and the small form of the cartridges is what gets me because a lot of these games admittedly are available digitally on ps4 xbox and probably in better quality in some in some way shape or form when it comes to like visuals or frame rate but it's something about the small form and it was just like um today uh my daughter does swim lessons right and Mm -hmm. My wife was like, hey, um, I've been looking to play Stardew Valley. Do you have it on the Switch? And I said, I happen to have it. <laughs> and I was like, put it in London's Switch, because she has that limited Pokemon one, and we'll bring it with us. And so my wife started playing it before we left. We were playing it, sitting there while my daughter was in her swim lesson. I was playing Dragon Quest Eleven. She was playing that. And you realize the accessibility, too, that you can just pop it in there. Um, and then when we got home, I'm like, now you can take that cartridge saves up in the cloud once we get home on the network and you can put it in the big switch and get on the TV and start and continue to play it. So your saves is continuing. So, and then we can start playing couch co-op too on that game. So it's like that alone though, the accessibility, like I can sit there and play Dragon Quest 11 and we got stuck at a stoplight, which there was a bunch of traffic. I just started playing battles on Dragon Quest 11 while we're waiting in traffic. <laughs> like My wife was driving. Like I'm, I'm just sitting there doing that and I'm still talking with her because Dragon Quest 11 has like the auto battle mode if you set up your AI yeah. right. So like I was sitting there engaging in the battle. It's all set up and I'm just talking with my wife while we're doing it and I'm just every once in a while I look down, oh, battle's done, go to the next guy, continue it again and I'm leveling up. And, and so I'm still making progress of the story too. And so like that, but that is like interesting because we're sitting there in traffic and I'm, it's like the, the switch is like a little perfect beast. And it's exactly what Nintendo, I think was going for, even with the Wii U. I think this is what Nintendo wanted to do. 
I 100% agree. I think this is their vision. Like the Wii U is just a stepping stone. But speaking of stepping stones, also, mm-hmm. um, nice transition. You playing Dragon Quest Eleven? Let's get into a little bit about games we're playing because our time is actually limited tonight. <laughs> <laughs> limited and running. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So I was playing a little bit of Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, I am to the point now. Where I'm going into the dream world, and I'm like, after you go to the mermaids, um, I already went to some academy that reminded me of like Hogwarts, mm-hmm. and but the below that, yeah, the girls' academy, and you get like the you chase after the was it the badges or something, yep. um, but the huh, the metal badges, yeah, the metal badges. I already had a bunch, but um, now when I go, I went south of there, and then there's like this town and there's this girl that's manipulating all the townspeople to yeah get, get their souls sucked and like i saw painting. that i saw that coming from a mile away um, um one thing i learned though and i figured out and actually one of my buddies john white um who was an old nintendo age member big jt uh also created the game assimilate on the nes nes homebrew game um but he was asking me about he's like hey i see you've been playing dragon quest 11 and we were talking about it, and we both agree that while the music is amazing, after the 20, 30-hour mark, it's getting very repetitive when it comes to things, like, to the point where I'm almost putting it down, like the music, um, just because I've heard it so many times now. And it's not bad, it's just, it's a long game. <laughs> and, like, and the thing is, is that he posted a... Um, a video that Stop Skeletons from Fighting did a while ago. It was producer Gracie, which is Derek uh, Alexander's cohort, uh, on the episode. And she was talking about how bad the music is. But well, you talking I, about the I PS4 told, version? And I told him, you know they're talking about the PS4 version because the Switch one is the full orchestral. And he's like, oh, it did sound better than what she was talking smack about. I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the music is not bad at all. And that's what I was trying to tell him. The music is great. It's just very repetitive at this point because i've heard the same town theme <laughs> like every time i go into a new town it's like <laughs> oh yeah here it is again it's that that town um <laughs> but i never it never bothered me after all the hours yeah. i spent on it i always liked it yeah i mean you were doing it all quicklier fasterest than i was um you know because i'm coming back to it every once in a while and i i noticed the similarities and it's just like maybe if there's a few extras I would, or maybe if they varied it, like just went back and forth, but, or it could be that I just went to the same towns with the same song over a couple times in a row too. Like it's may not even be Dragon Quest. It might be me. Um, maybe, maybe, um, never done that before, but, uh, but I've been enjoying it still. I got to, it was funny. I was going versus these zombie guys in the dream world. And the first one I went to, I was fighting them. And again, I haven't said in auto mode and my daughter's swimming and I'm looking and I'm like, the guys kept on hitting me and confusing my guys and mm-hmm. silencing them and then bringing mo- more zombies up. And so I, it was a 20 minute battle. <laughs> my guys didn't die, but I got like 3000 XP from that one or some, some ridiculous amount after they beat him. I was like, it took, then the next one took two seconds and I'm like, it all depends on how lucky the enemy gets and how unlucky you get. But it's so crazy that the around this time, there's also a certain spot, and there's Metal Slimes, and there's over 10,000 hit points if you beat them. You, metal Slimes are the way to get experience. Like, what the heck, 10,000? I got like two or three of those that I was able to actually, they didn't run away. 
That's and, that's the way to farm experience. Yeah, and I'm not even Later trying on. to farm experience because you don't really need to. Later but. on, yeah, you, the only the only reason I did this was for the very 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 final boss. I, I got granted to 99, and I did that. There's a a pep power you can do where you have three characters. I forget which one, and, and the pep power makes it so that you get like double or triple the experience and oh. drops, and then you have to build up another pep power while fighting and and the enemy your fight is one that summons more so you have it summoned i think 26 total because hmm. that's the highest and when you when you get them you start killing them all slowly when you finally get to the 26th one and you leave it alive and you just you just let them slowly build up pep power and the the combo of three use their pep power and what it does is it summons three either metal robots or metal slimes and if you're lucky, you get metal slimes and you get the metal king slimes. And then you go balls to the wall and kill them. And you get all the experience from them, all the experience from the other 25 enemies that you killed. And you get like triple the experience. You get like 10, 10 to 15 levels per level in the 70, 80, 90 range. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to... I mean, if I ever get beat by an enemy or get murked, then I'll go level up. It's That's RPG Trope 101. Yeah. But you I haven't really had need to until that that final boss kicked my butt. Now there was also like a hidden thing with that final boss, and they don't tell you this. And I was like, "How am I supposed to beat this? I got him close." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, there's there's one item you have. It doesn't tell you, but if you actually use it instead of as a weapon, but you actually just choose to use it in battle, it makes the boss like a oh, hundred times easier. And you're supposed to do that, and they don't tell you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and after I just grinded in '99, and I'm like, okay, well I guess I'll do that now, and I'm sure I beat it that way. So if I keep it in auto, they won't use that item oh no 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 it's not like it's used forever like certain weapons in the game can be used as items and they have other effects mm-hmm. yeah that's and what i'm saying is like but, them. you don't lose the item but if i but them. if i set it as auto battle they're they they, never they're it. never gonna use it so like i'm gonna have to make sure i remember that so i <laughs> stop doing auto battle yeah, for the it's final. only for the final battle that yeah. you need to worry about this it's crazy so um so the main game, though, that I wanted to talk about that I played during the week, um, and it was when I mentioned to Barry, and he said he is no time Barry, um, <laughs> but it is a game called Furwind, and I got the limited version, but I, it was in my row of games uh, that I want to play, and I had it in there, and I was like, oh, it's a platformer, definitely something I want to play and check out, and my daughter saw it was Foxes, so yeah, she was excited, and so we started playing it, and the game is pretty easy, pretty fun. Uh, the controls are all right, even though you do like this flip when you jump. You like do this mm-hmm. little double flip thing, so it's a little weird when you land. But like we're playing it, and it was fine. There's like little bonus levels where you beat the enemies, and you kind of just jump on them or, or punch them or whatever to beat them. And it wasn't that bad. But then there's this one level that got to the pissed me off to the point where I wanted to stop playing the game, and, and it's now not even going up into the Top tw- top 40. Like, it's going down. Down into the annex with you, Furwind. Um, so you go to this level, and everything turns pitch black, and you get these little sparkly fireflies with you. And you got to go over to these shiny spots, and then more fireflies get attracted to you. And in each level of Furwind, you have to fight mini-bosses to get these, like, two sides of a key, essentially, like a symbol. And then you can unlock the end and beat the level. And so, like, you have to hunt around and find these where the mini-bosses are so you can beat them. But while you're hunting around, your fireflies slowly go away, and then if you get consumed by the darkness, you die. 
and it keeps happening over and over and over again and it's you don't have enough time yeah and the jumping the little floatiness is fine when you can see the platforms when you can't see the platforms you're missing them you're missing a jump that you know that's there um and so it was like i died maybe four or five times and it was just like yep i'm done <laughs> and then, like, I would, just went over. And I was, you know, procrastinating doing, playing that instead of playing the, um, the game JP chose. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were just doing that to the procrastinate. Town. Yeah, I didn't play the Town of Light at all. So that's why we're going to wait till JP's back to see his excuse for not playing it during PAX weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks to play this game. Three weeks to play a game that takes a couple hours. <laughs> oh, man. oh my goodness yeah so Furwind, um not terrible the limited edition that i got was pretty pretty affordable it's pretty cheap so definitely worth the price for the le the full packaging and all the extra bonuses and the pins and all that stuff but like for that level alone pissed me off like not not to say that the rest of the game is bad i'm just saying that style of level was not fun at all um so that's where, like, I wouldn't recommend the game for that. It does look a lot like a game called Foxyland, too, which has a different graphical style. But again, another Fox game. So there's a ton of Fox games out there, people. I don't know why there's so many Fox games, but we like it. Foxes and Forest, Furwind, Foxyland. You got Tanglewood on the, the Genesis, which is <laughs> now got a port with Xenocrisis going to the... The new console that's coming out, the new handheld. The Evercade. The Evercade, yeah, which means that. we might see a Switch version of Tanglewood in the future. Which would um, be awesome. Yeah, because yeah. Xenocrisis is on the Switch. Yeah, Xenocrisis is already on the Switch, so we might see that. Let's uh, hope that it comes over. Um, that way we have like so many Fox games that it's re- we can have like, a Fox genre for the Switch. The Fox games. <laughs> Fox subgenre. Fox subgenre. Which, um, what genre is that game? Fox. <laughs> so, so what games have you been playing, Bear? Um, so I finished, uh, obviously I finished Tokyo Mirage Session, which we talked about last week, and, uh, I jumped to the game that I was looking forward to the most that just came out, which was, uh, Darksiders Genesis. Ooh! And, uh, I love the Darksiders series, I love Diablo, so I'm like, yeah, let's do this! And I started playing it, and I, the, about the, the third level, I'm like, this game, it's, one thing it's missing is loot. There's no loot in this game, and it's like that. I kind of waiting for that loot, which is weird because Dark Siders Two had the loot system. Um, but I was like, okay, it's it's kind loot. of a little inconsistent with level size because like there were some levels that were like 30 minutes. That was pretty cool. And then I got the one that was like two hours for the chapter. I'm like, oh my god, like when is this thing gonna end? Um, and I felt that was a little inconsistent. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna finish this. And then because it's 16 chapters total. And yeah. I was like chapter five, and I'm like, oh my god, eleven more two-hour chapters. I don't know if I want to do that. But it was, but it's really not because there's boss chapters which are just the boss, and then other chapters that that felt a little bit uh, better. And as I got towards the end of the game, I started liking and appreciating it a lot more. I started reading the map. Um, there's a map that shows you actually where the collectibles are. And it shows you if you've collected them or not, which I love. What the map doesn't do is it doesn't show you your actual position on the map. It shows you the area that you're in, but not your little dot. So you know what area you're currently in because it it lets you know. And you have to gauge from there the geography. Um, It's not terribly hard to do on most levels, but there are some very open-ended levels, and it is harder to do. Um, It's a minor gripe. Um, after beating it, I can say I do recommend it. I right. think it is a lot of fun be switching between you know war and strife. The story is is good, although again, it is not a sequel. It is a very much prequel set set a long time before 
Darksiders 1 even and 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 long time before Darksiders 3 which comes before 1. And uh it is it is a blast. It has long loading times on the Switch, which is another negative, but it's not terrible. I had one crash um through my play, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh finishing that up, I went to uh, where I still am, Rune Factory 4 Special. Ooh. Which Bes- is a, besides for your destroyed edition. Oh, it took me 3 times to get mine. Oh they, the second one came in; it was damaged too. I, I've been been really yelling at Amazon, but they sent me one finally. Third time's a charm, but uh, I, I've been enjoying it. I never played uh, the Rune Factory games. I did play the Harvest Moon, and I've heard nothing but good things about Rune Factory Four. And was about to start it when they announced, like, "Oh, discontinued, not happening anymore." And I'm like, "Maybe I shouldn't open my copy. I'm playing other games." So now the Switch version's out with added content. Um, I'm having a blast. It is a very in-depth game. What does it, it play it, like? It plays like A Link to the Past meets Harvest Moon meets um, like kind of a little bit like a town management in a sense. Hmm. Um, it plays very well. Um, the, it does have a time system where you know every day constantly counts. You have an energy system, so you have to balance you know how much farming you're going to do, how much. How much dungeon crawling you're gonna do, and 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 every it has like secret of mana style too, where like you have your sword and you have your sword skill, and then if you switch to an axe, you start at one again, and you have to build your axe skill, and you could have all the weapons leveled up that way. Sounds um, like Stardew, not with the the axe systems and the sword system, but but with like the farming and everything, like Stardew Valley. It's it's well, Stardew Valley is a reminiscent of Harvest Moon, and this is a spinoff of Harvest Moon. It is an Crazy. official spinoff of Harvest Moon, but it has those dungeons and like the the Zelda style adventure with bosses and and like puzzle elements and it is a lot of fun it is also a monster system where you can actually give gifts to monsters that you normally kill and they could join you and join your farm and you can like rush them and get them to like you better and then you could have them actually work your farm for you so like if you like befriend like a rooster type monster you get eggs and a sheep monster you get wool so it's it's really interesting the way they did it i'm having a lot of fun with it and it does something that i absolutely appreciate so much that i hated about other games um especially some games on the switch where they expect you to play portably so when you play it on the tv it it doesn't account for it and that is text size a lot of times there are games where when you play it on TV, the text is just so small because they expect you to be holding it handheld. This game actually has small text, but if you push the uh, one of the L keys, it brings it up. like It enlarges the window because that is the bottom window of the 3DS, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they, they have like the big top screen as the main thing and then the little screen on the bottom, and you push a button and the little screen enlarges so you can read it. Um, I love that. Because you know, it's a 3DS game to a to a one screen system. Obviously, has to have some changes, but it it plays really well. I recommend it. I'm having a blast. Um, so, so looking at it online, um, did you get the archival edition or the standard no, edition? I got the standard edition. Okay, because uh, the archival edition comes with a 160 page art book and a CD of the soundtrack. Yep. Um, is the soundtrack that good? Um, so far, it's been very pleasant. Very pleasant. Um, I mean, I'm still in the first uh, month because it, it, you know, it's, it's this four months. It's, it's spring, so, you know, summer, fall, winter. Um, it's, it's like it's for not... me, I just 
it sounds like a game that I would like to play because of the action RPG nature. I'm always looking for Zelda likes. Yes. Even if there is like builder mechanics in the background, that's a bonus to give it to make it stand out <laughs> and, on its and own. And this this actually has its own like when I was talking about the management, you you're like a prince and you have to uh, issue orders. Uh, you get licensed for things, and you have to cook everything. Like, like if you want certain meals, like, oh, this person wants pancakes. Oh, well, cool. Let me go buy pancakes. No, you have to buy or you know farm the materials and then cook them. But you need a license to do that, and you obviously expel some energy, so you have to gauge your energy right, and you have to you have to buy things. Like you have to buy a refrigerator so you can actually store food out of your bag. And if you want more bag room, you have to have enough orders, you know, to make an order to upgrade your bag. Mm. And and to way they, the way you do that, you have points, and the more you do to help the the people in town, the more points you have, the more faith they have, the more people come to visit. Um, it is a really cool system and a lot lot there even like weapons like oh i want to upgrade this sword like you can upgrade the sword but you need iron and to get iron you have to mine and you have to use your you know your axe to mine <laughs> and you can actually upgrade your axe and all your like all your farm tools start as cheap tools and you could upgrade all of them and there's fishing and you know where like, that overwhelms me with the stamina meter and the whole day system is like i never know what to focus on <laughs> well that's just it this game it seems like it's very loose, and what I mean by that is like, oh, there, there's one element where like they hear these screams coming from this area in the forest. Oh, you should check it out, and you you don't have to check it out in that first day. You can have to check it out on the second day. You could take as long as you want to to finally get there. So there's it, no like cutoff where if you hit so many days, the not, game's over. Not that I've had. Okay. That's yet, good. I mean, I'm still early. Um, another thing you could do with your orders is you can issue events like festivals. And say like, oh, we're going to have a cooking contest or we're going to have a bean contest. And you have to actually issue and say we're going to do that. And obviously if you hold a festival, it brings more tourism. It makes people happier. And during those days, you have to factor that in. Oh, I should participate in the festival. I can win really cool prizes if I do well. Hmm. Um, It does sound like with the um, systems and everything and the graphical style, that's probably a good prep for Trials of Mana as well. Yes, very like, much so. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm definitely like, see, Barry, you did your whole sell me on that one. That one I'm actually going to pre-order. And well, pre-order's out. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That one I'm going to actually pre-order, and I'll have it in by the next episode. Um, so that'll be on my pickups. I'm going to get on Amazon. But um, I'm not going to do the archival edition because, again, I'm steering away from limited editions unless it's like a Zelda or something. Um, That's exactly why I, I didn't do it. I went with the standard. At size. first, I had the archival because I thought that was the only way that it came out. And I'm like, oh, no, here's a standard. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go with the standard. And but no, 40, I'm, I'm it pleasant. is $40 for the uh, standard. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. And and Rune Factory 5 was announced. And what makes that so special is when the company that made Rune Factory 1 to 4 actually shut their doors, which is why Rune Factory 4 became uh, like one print game on the 3DS. In fact, I think it was canceled in Europe. It was supposed to come out and they, they had to cancel. They had to shut their doors. So everyone thought the Rune Factory sis- series is dead. Uh, and obviously the whole drama with the Harvest Moon and Natsume versus um, the Japanese developers. But... Uh, the uh, with this when they announced that it's coming back, and not only that, but the, bringing Rune Factory Four to the Switch, it, it creates a whole bunch of new fans for people who've never played the DS or the 3DS games, and uh, I think they did a good job. Like I said, I'm, so I'm having I don't a know what I was thinking of, but I thought this was like a gem drop game that was a RPG or something. Like I swear that's what I thought this game was. I thought it was a gem matching game. 
room for no, it's absolutely anything but a gym match. In I don't, game. So what is that game then? Maybe one of the listeners on that. Puzzle like, Quest you're thinking of? Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of Puzzle Quest was Rune Factory. Maybe. Like, I don't know what I was thinking of, but I'm like, man, this is just, like, I saw when it was announced, everybody was like, oh, Rune Factory is amazing. You need to get it. And then that's why I asked you what type. And it's like, oh, no, it's a Zelda-like. And it has yes. some building things. And it has a little bit of Harvest Moon in it because it is a spinoff. And it's like, okay, so I need to get this, too, because this will be something that I can play on the big screen. And my daughter will be interested in watching and, and yeah. playing along. And like, yeah, and again, like the, the whole monsters, like in order to you can train the monsters and have them work on the farm for you. And, and you, have, you have to get a monster barn and, and all that. So they, they, they go ridiculous. there. And you have to, like the soil, you have to get fertilizer for the soil. So you pick up like weeds and you put them in there, the compost and all that. So I don't autom- it automatically does it for you. But it, it makes pretty much anything you could pick up useful, which is great. Um, I like yes. stuff like and, that. And, and I like there's a battle system in it because that's my main detractor against um, jumping in for myself into Animal Crossing, for example, because there's not a huge, robust battle system in it. So, like, that'll be something my daughter might be interested in, but. Not me, but this is right up my alley, pun intended. Yeah, and this, this, like I said, the combat system. So far, I've, there's swords, like uh, great swords. Um, there's fists for punching. There's a spear. <laughs> there's rods with magic. There's a magic system. Um, a battle axe, um, and all of them play differently. They feel differently. They level up differently. And like I said, you have t- two different magic spells equipped at one time, which are your X and Y. There's no magic meter, so it seems like... And you level up your magic as well. Each element, like fire, water, um, they have their own skill levels. The more you use them, the more they go up. Um, so there's no meter, but is there like a time weight that you have to do? There, there is a, you have your HP meter, and I think it's like GP meter, and GP is, is your points for anytime you do anything on the farm, it takes away. Anytime you you you're fighting it takes away oh okay. uh, fishing takes away and but here's the kicker the more you do things the less meter it takes away so like when you build first start like endurance. Shop, you build up your endurance exactly yeah so so that's what the skill lever is for so at the beginning it's like oh i just chopped up all the wood in my farm and now my whole day is done because i've got nothing left and you can eat food to replenish that or medicine or rest as a there's like a, a building that you can rest in um, that doesn't, you know, move on to the next day like a spa house, and you you recoup that way too. So there are methods. It's not like, well, now I'm done for the day. Um, you you can get it back, but it's very much you start the game with nothing, and you really have to build it up. But when you start like growing a lot of things, and you you put it in the box to sell, and the money comes in, and you're like, oh, I could use so much now. It's payday kind of deal. <laughs> um, it, it is a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Sounds like a cool one. It's insane. <laughs> um interesting story on um animal crossing though is i went um out to a different area in georgia than i'm normally at yesterday and i went to the the store over there and they had 75 percent off animal crossing amiibos nice so, so and there was a bunch i didn't have so it was like it ended up being about eight under eight dollars for four amiibos uh tom nook was one of them and so I got four of the Animal Crossing Amiibos because I know they're going to be compatible with the new game. Yep, so, most of them are. Uh, most of them at launch and the rest coming later on. Yeah, so I got a bunch of them. Any of them that were 75. And then there was a bunch that were 50. And my daughter looked at them at first. She's like, oh, those are ugly. And then she looked at them again. And she's like, oh, and the, the names were funny. And so now she's into it. So, And she already has the two dogs from the, the Wii U Amiibo Festival. So yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see if she gets into Animal Crossing. Now you got to get the cards. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably just eBay it and get bootleg ones or something. It'd be all right. <laughs> that's, that's the fun thing with the cards, though, because it's really you can you can pick your 
your town now because you, if you have the cards, you can invite whoever you want. Exactly. It's pretty awesome, though. Um, so we probably should wrap things up since you got a yes. hard stop. Uh, one interesting thing, uh, on the Switch Collector Horizon, uh, I've been procrastinating all day on doing the editing because the editor got me back the full book to uh, make my corrections on. Um, so I got to sit here and go over, over 300 pages and make corrections into the book. I did a bunch this morning though, and I'm going to do it all night and probably all morning tomorrow. It'll be done within the next couple days. And then I start the pre-production of the book. So I start getting things ready. Um, I sent Barry and JP a template of what the slip case is going to look like. I don't know. What do you, do you think it looks cool or is it too minimalistic? Like, I think it looks cool. Cause it's going to go over the book, right? So you're going to see the spine on both sides. Um, the back side, I have that classic drawing, which I kept the artist's signature on it, uh, for the, uh, Seguro Wada and new president doing the, uh, or Wada's doing his hands, his Nintendo Direct hands, and the other looking like he's doing a Hadouken with the, uh, the Switch. <laughs> so, it's a pretty cool picture. Um, on the front, I'm using the Switch Collector art, but they're popping out of a Switch dock. So, because there's already the Joy-Cons in the art piece, so they're coming out of the Switch dock. So I think that looks pretty rad. Um, and then I took the spine down to more minimalist, just says Switch Collector, Volume 1 on it. It doesn't have all the dates, which actually I think I might do that for the spine as well. But the book is turning out pretty amazing. If the editor is removing stuff, because there was one of his edits and he removed out a whole thing. It's kind of what we talked about today at the beginning of the podcast. He removed like one of those quotes out of there. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that's staying in. That's an assessment quote. And I kind of <laughs> told him, I'm like, dude, I'm not removing some of that stuff. Like, And he didn't, I don't think he understood that I was talking about year one in the intro section. In the intro section, I'm talking about the Switch launch. And like during year one, it does blah, 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 blah. And he's like why do you put that tense in there when, you know, now it's year three? And I'm like, no, it's this is the book for year one, man. Like, so he did the whole editing and didn't even realize the purview. He's just editing for content. Like, it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, so as I go through, though, I'm going to make logical choices. And then while I go through each game, I'm going to ensure that the developers and publishers are correct because I want to double and triple and quadruple check that because... I already caught a couple mistakes, and so I'm going to try to minimize that. There we go, if I can speak today. Um, so it's super interesting, though. Um, so another thing that was pretty funny was is Chris Tang posted a thing. Somebody did an article on the Boom Tetris for Jeff. Mm -hmm. And in the whole thing, they didn't mention at all me being the other commentator i was like oh i got away unscathed because they were kind of talking smack and chris tang was like yeah i'm kind of embarrassed sometimes but then you know it actually transcends like media now boom texture jeff's a big thing i was like i i went away unscathed and he's like oh no you didn't and he said look in the comments and the top comment is like where's all the placement places and the placement pieces <laughs> Because <laughs> that was the thing that I said was the the piecement places in the in the commentary. So like he's like literally it was funny. He's like, no, no, you're not gonna get away, Wittenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> so super super crazy. Um, and now for conventions, uh, coming up in a month is gonna be Midwest Gaming Classic, and we're gonna be doing a, a Switch panel, um, talking about. Uh, nostalgia and how to keep the hobby alive. It's kind of how we've been transitioning around with the Switch collections and stuff on the podcast. Just keeping things fresh in your collection. So, 
That'd be cool. So if any of the listeners are out in the Milwaukee area, uh, I'll be over at Midwest Gaming Classic. I know Barry can't come out. Don't think JP's coming out this year. Nah, I, I would love yeah. to, but it's just it's not it's a, a good time for me. It's a bad. It's it's a far far drive. Um, the month after oh, that, that flown, but. the month after that, I'll be at Torg uh, Gaming Expo in Columbus, Ohio, as well. So I'll be. Be going around, getting at some conventions. There's like four in the summer or more. It's it's the summer's gonna be crazy, especially if I'm gonna try to get to too many games. Then it'll be five. Like that's insane amount of conventions. Last year I think I did three total the whole year. Um, it's looking Last at year did three. It's gonna be about eight this year um, as guests doing panels. Like not I'm, attending. I'm, I'm too many games uh, is what I'm interested in doing. Yeah, um, I might just go and like be a vendor there or something because like at too many games you only become a guest if you're a youtuber so like most of the places will bring me out as a guest because i'm a publishing company and you know books published and all that fun jazz but um not not at too many games because i'm not a youtuber it's ran by screen wave media so you know it's a big angry video game nerd and game chasers crew and you know they got plenty of people there to bring in people and they bring in bands and stuff so like they just don't cater to those creating content physically um but i could still go there and i haven't been there in years and i have a lot of friends out in that area and probably see barry so that'd be a bonus <laughs> probably jp too maybe, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll go down hey maybe we'll go down to a panel or something yeah i mean i've done panels there i just wasn't a guest when i was there <laughs> so and, and i mean like the guests they, they get a table and everything and all that fun stuff but um yeah maybe i'll have uh, you or jp contact them for a panel or something and we can that'd be fun switch mania playcast live um but since we got the hard cut off um yes. it was it was fun talking about the games we've been playing uh we'll probably be talking about the town of light uh next week as long as jp has actually played it more than the intro um and me as well i'm, I'm in the same boat now <laughs> um but i'm i posted a um update because there's some wooden covers for the switch collector they actually came in too so I'm going to be posting updates on all that. So people that follow me on social media, and I'm at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm at Hagen's Alley Books. And then everything is available at my website on Hagen'sAlley.com. I have links to all the books that are available for purchase. And then Switchopedia.com. You can go to a direct link for the Switch Collector. What about you, Barry? I am on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire and on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And uh, this is actually the last episode of the Switch Mania Playcast in year three, as mm -hmm. next week will be the three-year anniversary. And uh, on the three-year anniversary, we're doing a uh, Nintendo Fuse. We're doing a live uh, podcast. On top of that, next week, I'm also going to be a guest on the Nintendo Everything podcast, as well as the Switch Mania Playcast. So it's going to be a very busy <laughs> week next week for me. Uh, and then obviously the Switch going into year four. Uh, so look forward to that. And I think it's there is a podcast that I was asked to interview, do an interview for, not an interview, but a video, um, a video interview. And it's the Hair of the Dog Cast, and basically they wanted me to do a video asking them a question. And so I talked about the Switch Mania Playcast on it, and I just asked them. What game can they play when they're completely tanked? Because they're a beer and beer and gaming podcast. But <laughs> so I, I submitted that video to them this week too, and so it sounds like the Switch Mania Playcast is getting out there. So it's 
super, super fun. Um, As always, though, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Have a great one.